prepare for family coming in and last minute shopping and so forth. And so next two Wednesdays we will be dismissed. I want you to look here in Luke the first chapter, Luke the first chapter. And as we look here uh, in Luke the first chapter, I'm going to ask the Lord once more for his help. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Father, that your words may be heard tonight and that your spirit may be felt tonight and that, Lord, that what you have spoken to me in prayer, Lord, that may be fulfilled in this house tonight as those that need hope will find hope tonight and those that need joy will discover joy tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to look here in Luke, in Luke's gospel, and I'm going to talk to you tonight about the birth of John the uh, John the Baptist, and it, we're going to begin reading in the fifth verse, and I'm going to read down to the, take the whole story in, and go down to the 24th verse, and this is Luke 1, and I'm reading out of the New King James Version, but it says, and there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren. They were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you shall have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be, a, be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and in the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the father to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man. My wife is well advanced in years. The angel answered and said, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, was sent to speak to you and bring you things glad these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple, but when he came out, he could not speak to them. They perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he had beckoned them and remained speechless. So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. After these things, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months. Now, as we look here, I want us to look at Zacharias and Elizabeth. 
and what they were facing that day. And just look at the passage of Scripture. And as I was in prayer this morning, as we look at the landscape of our world today, I think many of us would agree that we're living in a place that for many it's not too good. In other words, it's just a, it's a lot of hopelessness and despair that's on the, in our world today. There's a lot, of, a lot of folks that are living in a place of fear. A lot of folks are living in a place of hopelessness. But I want to encourage you that the vision of the Lord is for an appointed time. And God will bring about according to God's will what he desires. Amen? We participate in that and we must follow after the Lord. But tonight I want to talk to you about holding on to the promise. Holding on to the promise. Now we have Zechariah and Elizabeth, both of which are from the line of Aaron. They are from the priesthood of Aaron. Amazingly enough, as we look at this, we see that uh, we find out that it was on this particular day that the lot fell to Zechariah to go in to burn incense. But we, I, in, in study, and I think some of you would appreciate this, and, and it was quite intriguing how they divided up how they would serve in the, in the temple. And what we see is that the line of Aaron, there were 24 divisions, 24, they many times would call courses, 24 courses, 24 divisions from the lineage and the sons or the grandsons of Aaron. And they would divide it up where each division would go in and they would serve the temple. Depending upon what division you were a part of would depend upon what area of the temple you would serve. Now, of the 24 divisions, we are looking here as Zechariah is part of the 8th with Abijah, that, that tribe there, that division of the tribe. And so each one of them, each division, each course would go in and they would serve one week out of the year. And then six months later, they would serve another week. And then all of the priests would come in, and they would serve, every one of them would serve during the holy days, the feast days, the three, uh, the feast of Passover, the feast of Pentecost, and the feast of ingathering. So each priest, Zechariah included, and he, he had been doing this year after year after year, five weeks out of the year was dedicated to the work of the temple. He would go out, go back home, go back to the farming community or wherever he lived or whatever trade he was involved in. But five weeks out of the year was dedicated to the house. Now, on this particular day, we see that Zechariah, the, the lot was cast. And the lot was cast here, and now it was his turn to go in to burn incense. Now, this was a coveted ride to the priest. Some estimate that during that division that he was there and the reason they cast lots is because there was, there was more priests than there was work. Oh, for the day that there's more priests than there is work. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. So they would have to cast lots. What we might imagine is just rolling the dice. They would cast lots, and whosoever lot fell determined what job you would do that particular day. Now, no one could go in twice in the week and burn incense in the temple. In fact, it was estimated that most accurate would be 
that the priest would only go in once in a lifetime into the holies in order to burn incense. All of the priests that were serving the house of God, that's what they wanted to go into that holy place. They wanted to go into the sanctuary. They wanted to walk over and see the showbread and, and see the, the lamps that were burning. And they wanted to be the ones that carried the coal from off of the altar and put it in the censer and carry it in there. And they wanted to be the one to lay the coal upon the altar of the incense and let those, uh, uh, the, the aromatic beauty of, those, of those, the, the incense begin to catch fire and to begin to feel that temple with smoke. Oh, they longed for it. They dreamed about it. Zechariah dreamed that he would get his, the lot would fall year after year after year. It didn't fall upon him. And now this elder statesman that is here falls to him. And now it's his turn to walk in, not knowing what was about to take place. He walks into the, into the holies of holies. He's preparing to burn the incense and Gabriel shows up. He makes this declaration your prayer has been heard. I don't know, folks, that somewhere along the way, I'm just guessing, Zechariah being elder in years, there's a moment in time where maybe you stop praying about having a child. Any 70-year-olds in here would like to have a newborn babe? Any 80-year-olds? In here, you might reach a point where you just, I'm beyond, I, it's, it's too far gone. So that prayer wasn't a recent prayer, was it? That prayer maybe not had been something that had transpired or crossed his lips for quite a long time. Because the Bible says they were advanced in years. And now we see that Gabriel shows up as a messenger of the Lord and he says your prayer has been heard let me tell you when it comes to promises we got to pray about them we got to pray about them and we need to let the Holy Spirit pray through us the prayers that he wants us to pray some folks ask and they even approached and said how do I pray even the disciples, they came to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. He said, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, you come to God knowing he's holy, but also knowing you have a covenant relationship as sons of the faith. And you come to God and you pursue him, you talk to him like he's your heavenly father. And there are things that I have prayed about through the years that I have forgotten that I had prayed those prayers. But when the Lord brings them about, then he reminds me of the prayers that he prayed through me or the desires he put in my heart. Now here is Zechariah and he prayed a prayer that maybe he had forgotten about. But the Lord didn't forget because the Lord had purpose for that prayer. The Lord had desire for that prayer. Now as soon as he prayed the prayer, all of a sudden he he, he, he just, the angel came and said, I want to I tell you the promise that God has made to you, Zechariah. See, because Zechariah's name, amazingly enough, means uh, remembered by the Lord. It also can mean Jehovah remembers. I want you to know I forget a lot of things. I can forget my name sometimes. 
I can forget to take the trash out. I can forget to pick up my dirty socks. I can, I, I've only nearly forgot my kids at church one time. Was it Hannah or Laney that was little? Laney that was, we, we had two vans of youth. We were youth pastors. We were getting ready to take off and go to an event. And something in my spirit said, go check the back door before you leave. We're getting ready to pull out. I opened the door and there's my little two-year-old standing there. And she just throws up her arms. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we were heading to Dallas two hours away at the time. It had been bad, Yes. You can forget some things, but we serve the Lord who never forgets. And if he's made a promise, he has not forgotten about it. If you've offered a prayer, he keeps record of those prayers. In fact, heaven tells us that there, the incense in there represents the prayers of God's people. I used to say that my grandmother, I would go to her house and she would have keepsakes there. And I would say, Granny, can I look at the pictures? long as you put them back, Mike, long as you put them back. So I get the pictures out. And she, she made sure that, to teach me not to, not to be pulling on the, uh, uh, on the photo albums. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You had to be delicate with them, and you got to take care of them. Those were my grandmother's keepsakes. You know what the keepsakes of the Lord is? The keepsakes and what brings a smile to his face whenever he wants to, 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 to have a smile upon his face? It's the prayers of the saints. He wants to fill heaven up uh, with, uh, with those keepsakes. He, he just, that prayer, that incense uh, is the prayers of the people of God. Don't think that your prayers go and know this. And maybe they're not answered in the time frame that you want answered. But I assure you, God keeps record of your prayer time and the prayers that you pray. Now we see here that Zechariah shows up, remembered by the Lord. Now the incense are being, as being beginning to feel the temple there. What we see when it comes to the promises of God, we got to pray about those promises. we got to remember that God remembers and that God knows exactly what he's doing. But here, Zechariah begins to do something that many of us have been guilty of doing, myself included. All of a sudden, we start telling the Lord how impossible this situation is. I heard your prayer, and I'm going to answer that prayer, but you've got a promise, you've got a dream, you've got a, you've got a purpose. I have a desire that I want to fulfill in you and through you and by you. But then all of a sudden, you begin to tell the Lord, I'm too old. The time is too far past. There's not any way this is ever going to happen for me. There's no way that this particular area of my life is ever going to be fulfilled. And I don't know that, God, how in the world are you going to get this dream? Gabriel stopped him at the moment. And he said, in those moments, he said, do not speak. I believe the spirit of mute needs to come on a few of us uh, so that we stop speaking the lies and start speaking the truth. Amen? Stop talking ourselves out of the promises of God. Let me say to you, if there is a voice in your head, a narrative that reads something like this, uh, that you're worthless, you're no good, you'll never amount to anything, everything you've got uh, is a result of the bad things and the bad deeds that you've done, and you will never accomplish the will and the purpose of God, then let me say to you, that is not the voice uh, of your heavenly Father. That is the voice of the enemy. 
The promises of God are yea and amen. The promises of God is that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The promises of God is that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And that God will call you call forth his promises severally as he wills. We don't will God. God wills us. He controls us. I'm too old. We've tried a million times and failed. It's too late for us. God, we can't do it. Let me tell you, when it comes to the promises of God, we've got to pray for the promises. And when the promises are, are renewed in our spirit, then we need to believe for those promises. We need to hold on. Hold on for your children. Dads, hear me tonight. The greatest ministry you can have is your own home. The greatest witness you can have is with your own family. There was, I can't call the gentleman's name, he was a prophet of old or a preacher of old, and he, he was asked one day, he said, hey, what did you think about brother so-and-so? He said, well, I couldn't tell you. I've never met his wife. Let me tell you, if you will take on that mindset that your ministry is in your home first, that you are there to, to serve above all else and be a light and a witness and hold on to the promises of God. Minister to your family. Minister to your kids. Let me tell you, you'll never be any more spiritual than you are practical in the areas of your home life. Be a witness there first. Be a witness to, your, to those that are in the sphere of influence. And when you learn to serve, you will now be a candidate and ready for God's work in the kingdom abroad. But believe for the promises of God. Let's stop talking ourselves out of the promises and start talking ourselves into the promises. I assure you, you're going to come closer to hitting the mark if you actually swing at the ball if you're up to bat. If you stand there, you're not, and never let the bat leave your shoulder, you're never going to hit the ball. I don't fault people for swinging at the ball and missing. But folks, uh, we've got to use wisdom and let God show us. We've got to believe for the promises of the Lord. And have we ever been in a day where we needed to believe more in the promises of God than today? We see here that he told Gabriel told Zechariah, said what's going to happen is there'll be no strong drink of wine touch your child's lips. What was he saying to him? He's not only going to be filled with the spirit from the womb. Now how was he filled with the spirit from the womb? I don't know. Nor do I know how the Holy Spirit put Jesus in the womb of Mary. But if God can put the, himself in the womb of a virgin, he can certainly fill John in the spirit in the womb. I can't tell you how God does things. He didn't tell me I had to understand everything. I asked him about a lot of things. He doesn't show me everything. I don't know how John was filled with the spirit in the womb, but we know that he was, which tells me that the promise was there as the Lord told Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1, before you were ever formed, I knew you. 
And before I ever brought you forth, uh, I had set you apart for a purpose. I believe that that promise is not only for, uh, for John and for Jeremiah. I believe that promise is for you. And I believe before you were ever brought into this world, God already knew you. In fact, I believe he knew you all the way back to the garden when he created Adam. And he breathed into his nostrils a breath of life. The all-knowing God could look forward in every generation. And he could see you sitting in this room today. And he could see you listening to his, to his word tonight because God has purpose and before there's a before there's a promise made God goes ahead and gives purpose to that promise and if he's ever made a promise it's got a purpose attached to it and we've got to understand that those promises and those purposes are not just about us it's about his will it's about what he is after it's his desire so we see there It'll be a Nazarite vow. So what we see with the promise of God is we need to pray for the promise. We need to believe for the promise. We've got to protect the promise. If you look up a Nazarite vow, what you'll discover, according to the word of God, there was generally a time frame set. It was a start and a finish. But we see that there were the likes of John the Baptist and Samson who had a Nazarite vow, vow from, the, from the birth. But they were not only to dr not drink a, a, a strong drink or wine, they were not even to get near grapes or anything that grew from the vine. They, weren't to get, they were not to touch vinegar or anything that would ferment or possibly ferment so that they would never be intoxicated, so that they would never miss out on, the, on what the purpose that God had for them. Let me tell you, folks, drawing and, and, and drink will cause you to miss what God has in store for you. But they were not, only that, they were not to touch any dead thing. In other words, they were not to go around and if an animal fell dead in the road, say someone's ox fell dead and they needed somebody to help them drag it off, they were not permitted to touch that dead body. Why? Because... According to a Nazarite vow, they were not to touch anything that was dead. Does that not speak to you and I? Sometimes the promises of God are forfeited because we're handling things that are dead. Instead of going after things that are alive. He said they were never to cut their hair. They were not to cut their hair as an outward symbol that they were separated unto the Lord. But see... John is going to be born, and he's just a baby. And let me tell you what babies do. They taste test everything. It doesn't matter what it is. You give our little ones, little Violet, one-year-old, little Nora, two-year-old, and even sometimes a seven-year-old, you give them a a cookie, a candy bar, or whatever, they drop in the dirt, they'll pick it up. They don't blow it off. They don't believe in the 10 second. They don't know about a 10 second because they can't count to 10 yet. They just pick it up and eat it. So here is John. John is going to be a babe. John is going to be born. And now he's going to be born. And now it's up to mama and daddy to protect that calling that is upon that promised child couldn't just leave him to himself 
They had to protect. Mamas and daddies, hear me tonight. Grandmas, granddaddies, hear me tonight. You may be the only one in line. Let me tell you, when children come into this world, they are eternal. They are promises of God. And it is our job and obligation to prepare them for the world, to prepare them for the kingdom of God, to prepare them to be what God has called them to be. Promises must be believed for. They must be prayed for, but they also must be protected. Protect that promise of God. There's nothing more gut-wrenching for me as a minister called by the grace of God with the sole purpose in the kingdom of the Lord is to connect people to God and then connect them to their purpose. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. There's nothing that tears my heart up more than to see people diminish their own ability to minister under the purpose of God. Stubbornness. Worldliness. Let me tell you, there's a lot of folks you can turn on the radio and you can hear some wonderful singing. You can hear some voices that sound angelic. They have a purpose in their life. And it's not to bring glory to the devil by bringing fame and fortune to themselves. You hear what I'm saying? See, there's a whole lot of folks in the kingdom of God today who have purposes in their life. But they diminish their own leadership. They diminish their own calling by not following after the things of the Lord. What would it be like if we allowed God to have full reign and rule over our heart? If we allowed God to do what God wanted to do inside of us, the word of the Lord tells us to delight ourselves in the Lord and he will give us the desires of our heart. Let me tell you why God gives us that promise is because when we start delighting ourselves in the Lord, when we start giving ourselves over and we delight in the Lord, the Lord's like, yes, now I can entrust your desires and now I can begin to fulfill inside of you. But folks, I assure you, if we will trust in the Lord with all of our heart and not lean to our own understanding, God will guide our path. But we see here a promise is made to Zechariah and Elizabeth. She was beyond childbearing years. And what I see in the promises of God, as I look here to the word of the Lord, and we see the typologies, and we see what, what John's ministry would represent, and what Zechariah and Elizabeth's ministry would represent. We see here before the end of this chapter that God, Gabriel, also shows up to Mary's house and said, you will be blessed from the Most High God, and God himself is going to dwell inside of you, and you as a virgin are going to bring forth a child. We see that she questioned it, but then at the end of the day, she received it. She received the promise. So what we have is the juxtaposition between an elder lady and we have here a young virgin girl. We have an older couple, and we have a virgin girl who's betrothed, but she's not married and never known a man before. She's going to have a child, and Elizabeth's going to have a child. One is old, the other one's young, representing the fact that there is an old covenant that's passing away, and there's going to be a new living way that's going to come forth through the new and through the Virgin Mary, and his name will be Jesus. 
What we see is there will come a time in their lifespan where John will see Jesus coming and he will be the one that the, the dove descends and remains upon. And he will be commissioned by the Lord Jesus to be baptized in the Jordan. Down the baptism of the Jordan, we see that. What we need to know about Hebrew culture, history, even in those times, there were about 3,000 baptistry tanks that were set up in and around the temple. And what would happen is there would be a transference from one priesthood to the other. The elder statesman who was retiring from his priesthood would baptize the other priest, thus showing that he was transferring his priesthood to the next. See, John would one day come forth as a symbol and a representative of the old covenant. And he would transfer priesthood from the Levites to the tribe of Judah, which was Jesus, after the order of Melchizedek, who existed before Levi. Because he was going to go now, because every type and symbol, every finger in the Old Testament, all the typologies from the, from the priest down to the sacrifice and the altar was pointing to a new and a living way. As we see, there would be a transfer of the promises of God. Folks, what I'm saying to you tonight is that God has plans, he has purpose for you and I. He has promises for us. And though it may appear to you that it's far beyond, there are times where you can look at this last year and you can get tunnel vision. You can get tunnel vision so much thinking that this is all there is and we live in a new reality and COVID is a reality and there's never anything that's ever going to be the same and it's, it, it comes to the place where people are committing suicide in the droves because they can't be see beyond the day that they're living. Living in a hopeless state, in a hopeless place. God has given you a promise and that promise is Includes Jesus and his purpose. Now see Elizabeth here. She's going to be joining the, the blessed sisterhood of the barren women in the word of God. We see how that Sarah was barren. And she brought forth a promised child. Wouldn't it be right to say if Abraham was the father of faith. Could we call Sarah the mother of faith? No answers. They're one flesh, aren't they? <laughs> but she has a child and she calls his name Isaac. So through faith, we see Isaac means laughter, means joy. And what we see in the barrenness uh, of her womb, there was a promise that was made. And that promise would reflect uh, one day that there is coming a, a child that will be born. And through faith, you will discover joy. We see that there was another woman who was barren, and that was, that was Rebecca. And Rebecca was barren, and when she bore a child, she not only bore one child, but she bore two children, Esau and Jacob. 
Esau came out as the elder, and now here was the younger Jacob who grabbed the, the heel of Esau. But one, the Bible says that the elder shall serve the younger. And through the barren womb of Rebekah, she bears two promised children. And the promised child shows us Jacob. He shows you and I that there would come a day where now the alignment of the, of the spirit man with the flesh will one day take place. See, because you're not meant to be ruled. You are body, soul, and spirit. Let me say that this way. You are spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit man is connected to God. He tells your soul what to do and your soul gives the commands to your flesh and your flesh, your body participates. And what we saw through Rebecca is that now what we discover is that there should be a right alignment with the spirit man, with the, with the soul man and your body. And if you want to live in authority, get yourself aligned up with God himself and let your don't let your senses be the rule of your life. Let the spirit be the rule of your life and your body will start lining up to what God has in store. It's amazing revelation in the barren wombs of the women that we see here. We see that Sarah shows us through faith that there can be joy on earth. We see through Rebecca that the spirit man can be in control of a person's life. We see that Rachel bears a child, and she bears a child named Joseph, and Joseph becomes a preserver of the covenant of Israel. Amazing. We also see here how that in the barren womb we see Manoah's wife, the mother of Samson. She would bear a child that would have supernatural strength. Each one of these promised children, I believe, reflects Jesus Christ. Sarah's son Isaac reflects Jesus in joy and faith. Rebecca's son Jacob reflects Jesus in spirit alignment. We see that Rachel's son Joseph uh, represents Jesus as a preserver of, of the covenant. Uh, we see that Manoah's wife, uh, she bore a son who had supernatural strength because let me tell you the strength that we need, uh, we will not find on earth, but we will find in Jesus Christ. We see that Hannah brought forth the promised child, and his name was Samuel, and he was a prophet and a voice to the nation. I believe that the Spirit of God is not near finished with what needs to be done. But let me tell you, the Spirit, here is Elizabeth, and she brings forth a son who will be the forerunner of Christ, who will walk in the power and the spirit of Elijah. And in the power and the spirit of Elijah, he will point to the Redeemer. He will say that Jesus Christ is the only way and he will turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children the disobedient to the wisdom of the just uh, to make a people prepared for the coming of the Lord Amen. of the Lord Amen. now that's a lot of information in a short amount of time I've got two and a half minutes to finish this but let me tell you, each one of those promised children were brought forth as a purpose, I believe, to reflect Christ. The promises that God has given you, whatever those promises may be, have a purpose. And that purpose is to reflect Christ. See, Zechariah prayed the prayer. But it was God's purpose to bring forth that promise. 
so that he would have a forerunner and a foreshadowing and a representation and a portrait. But the old covenant was passing away. That the elder would one day serve the younger. That the old priesthood and the old covenant would be no more, but there was a new covenant that would come forth. And all that is needed, the strength, the joy, the preservation, the deliverance, was all pointing to that promised child, Jesus. Let me encourage you tonight. The world will tell you, your circumstance will declare to you, Sometimes your own mind will condemn you by the things that God, the things around you are because of God's anger towards you. But I read in the book, the Bible, that Jesus Christ is our peace and he has made peace for you and I. So tonight, hope maketh not a shame because the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the person of the Holy Spirit. Please, in my presence, never call the Holy Spirit an it. He's not an it, and I'm sure he's not easily offended. But let me tell you, he's not an it. He's a he. And he is God. Father, I come before you tonight. And Lord, I believe that in this house there are those that have prayed for promises, those that have believed for promises, those that are willing to protect promises. I believe that in this house tonight that there are those who feel in their body, feel in their heart, that Lord, it, 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 on all accounts it looks too far gone. Lord, I pray tonight that you would reach down. Lord, even through the pain and the shame and the hurt, I pray tonight, Lord, that you would give hope beyond all circumstances. Hope beyond all facts that are around. Lord, I pray that you will reach and touch in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Laney, would you come and begin to play? I want you to stand, if you will. Worship team, you can help her if you like, please. Hallelujah.